Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, it is the dawning of a new day. We've got the sun rising in my face. You've got morning mist and a pond and birds crowing evilly in the background and all the splendor of nature, which includes me. And you have James Breakwell. And James, uh, given that you are the antithesis of beauty and nature, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. We got a two-minute head start in this <laughs> podcast, which means it will be done two minutes early. And I'm already wondering what I will do with those bonus two minutes of my day. Oh, we can actually go two minutes long, and then you just get more <laughs> of the glory that is me. So what is uh, what is up with your pond there? You sent me a picture. It looked like it was shrouded in mist. Are the clouds yes. low on the hilltop, or did you relocate to Scotland? What's what's going on there? <laughs> well, I mean, you never know with me. Uh, relocate is sort of the wrong verb. Uh, flee would be more the verb mm. I would look for. But uh, yeah, it's a little misty and chilly this morning. I didn't anticipate being this cold. I have just assembled a new picnic table and sat down in a puddle of morning dew. That was also unexpected and uh, not altogether unpleasant, I got to admit. So you uh, you were out assembling IKEA furniture already first thing in the morning? Is, is that really how well, you want to start your day? <laughs> oh, no, God, no. I... Uh, I broke ground on my next book today, so I started writing early this morning. But I put the picnic table together Sunday and uh, have not sat on the bench until this very moment. So you are christening the picnic table with me in a completely non-weird way. You you built the whole picnic table and didn't once stress test it with your backside. You just thought, ah, that's good enough and walked <laughs> away. At, Mrs. Steve wasn't home, and as she was pulling in, I was... I have uh, concrete blocks on two of the legs because it gets so windy up here on the hill. And I was just putting the last concrete block into place. So I, I had to show her the picnic table and explain how I did it all by myself, which made her reluctant to try with her derriere, wondering <laughs> if it would support any weight, even like a fly landing on it. So no, then I got distracted with other things. And uh, I, I have not stress tested it until now. And it is holding up admirably. I actually saw that picture, the before picture. I saw all the pieces and parts uh, on the ground, <laughs> and I thought, surely this will result in Steve's death. And then I just moved on with my day. <laughs> I like how you took a moment at least, a moment <laughs> to consider me. That's great. That's yeah, more than I expected. It was more about the implications of free time for my own life. But, you know, yeah, you were, you were a part of the <laughs> equation. Yeah. Did you lament my passing at all, James, when it was so obvious to you? I didn't. I did briefly wonder what you were <gasps> building, though. I just, uh, because you sent me some weird, weird messages over the weekend when I was otherwise distracted. And I wasn't sure <laughs> if all your parts, yeah, I was out on a vacation with my family and I start getting texts from you. And it's like, this is, I am not in the right headspace to be brought down by the misery that is wrong and wronger right now. But I, I answered nonetheless because I'm a good person. And you were asking me 
about pigs like uh, and I thought maybe this was like a livestock related assembly or something yeah you were you messaged me asking how big my pigs were and yep. how much yep. they ate I mean you sounded like you were going to kidnap them then you sent me pictures of a hog roast and you're like I think I'm going to get into livestock and then I just kind of washed my hands of the whole deal because I, I can't keep <laughs> up with your disasters they're coming too fast today well, I wanted to turn to an expert in the pig rearing business, and I thought that's got to be Breakwell. I mean, who among us knows more than he about hogs? I mean, every single time I, I post a picture of the pigs, somebody goes, aha, they're giant. Like they have this big gotcha moment, and they've been the same size for the last three years. I mean, they're, they're the size of potbelly pigs. When you, when you buy a potbelly pig, you presume they're going to be the size that potbelly pigs are. So they're the big ones, 100-ish pounds. But the uh, then you were looking at big old farm pigs, which are going to be... Yeah. So mine took four years to get to be 100 pounds. I mean, yours are going to be 500 pounds in six or seven months. So I've got to really? assume... Yeah, they, they grow fast. I mean, uh, they... I got to assume you're going to be, uh, you're going to have a very different hog raising experience since, you know, I, I give mine a little bit of food and keep them the same size and they're nice and weight stable. And your whole goal is going to be to, to, to fatten them up and eat them. So I, I can't imagine the experiences are comparable, but I do, I do look forward to you trying this. I hope you actually go through with it. I can't wait to see uh, Steve Olivas, the pig farmer pictures on my feed. <laughs> we won't get... Well, the other question I have for you, and I don't know if you even know the answer, but I know you grew up around hog farmers too, but uh, we really only need one. And uh, Mrs. Steve was saying, we might need to call someone to like go in half for this pig. And I said, Breakwell might want half of it. But uh, I don't know that we can eat more. The, the pig that we saw uh, at the class we took on how to butcher a pig mm -hmm. was 529 pounds and she, I don't know how big the doggone males get, but she yielded roughly 250 pounds of, of eatable stuff. So if we get a hog that big, like we, there's no way we need 250 pounds. But the thing I was thinking was, pigs are very smart. Do they need two of them? Like, would they grow better or be happier if they had a companion in the pen with them? Or can we raise a single pig? Or do you even know, James? Uh, I do know, actually. So the pig will be happier if it has a second one, they are uh, they are supposed to be social animals, and uh, some people consider it like an act of cruelty if you only have one. Uh, at the same time, if you're just going to eat it anyway, I don't know that you particularly care about its happiness. I mean, at the same time, you know, pigs are happier if they have shelter, but I mean, livestock. I think technically, by like the laws in Indiana, you don't really have to have to give them much shelter. I mean, they can survive outside. Uh, so I mean, it's just it. I guess I guess it comes down to the old ethical question is. Is, uh, is happy meat tastier meat? I, I don't really know. Uh, I will say, though, in the specific example of my pigs, we got a second pig specifically to make the first pig happier, and it had the opposite effect. It was a bit like an only child oh, who, no. like, four or five years <laughs> later suddenly gets a new sibling. Uh, she was not happy and has not been happy at any point since. Like, it just, I think she probably, probably would have, I mean, both pigs probably would have been better off alone. I realize I'm not a, I'm not a pig psychologist, but my older pig is just a jerk and like had i only oh. ever had one pig i would just think that's how pigs are but my second pig is super sweet and super chill and doesn't get in anything and my my other pig is traipsing around the house right now bumping into things and making noises it just uh 
She's just like a, I don't know, like a, like a bowling ball that constantly rolls through the house and bangs into things. So I would say, yes, you're probably better off to get two pigs is the short answer to that. But will it actually yield like tangible benefits to you? Probably not, other than the satisfaction of being a good person and making your animals a little bit happier. Oh, well, that, that doesn't ever cross my radar. <laughs> now, Gilly is a girl, right? Yeah, they're both girls. Did you get girls on purpose? Yeah, they they told us that for potbelly pigs, they're about the same size, boys and girls. But looking at the ones we saw, so again, people are always like, ah, you never, you thought your pig was going to be 10 pounds its whole life. You never knew. I mean, we went down to the to the pig farm and we went to see all the adults. So we knew exactly what we were getting into. And although they told us they were all the same size, the, the adult males looked a little bigger to us. So we thought we'd get the females. But and the, there's just a wide variety in the, in the sizes. I mean, the second pig we got is probably 20 to 40% smaller than the first pig we got. And they're both, they're both fully grown. So you just, you never really know what you're going to get. It's like kids. I mean, my, my kids aren't all the same size. Me and my siblings aren't all the same size. There's just, there's just some genetic variation that comes out there. Hmm. All right. Well, that may be one of the adventures we embark upon. We do want to get chickens, but uh, I know coyotes are, uh, are, are eagerly awaiting the arrival of chickens, but I don't think coyotes mess with 500 pound pigs. Yeah, so, uh, they'll mess with them when they're little, but yeah, as they get bigger, a, a pig could definitely kill a coyote. Have you seen the video of the pig that fights off a bear? No, my God, yeah, really? Yeah, they're pigs about the size of my pigs, and they're uh, a bear cub gets into their enclosure, and the pigs just go nuts on it, and the bear runs away. So, uh, yeah, score one for the pigs. Uh, your chickens, though, yes, I, uh, your chickens will be under constant attack. You'll have to get them in enclosure with uh, with four walls and a roof, and uh, they will have to, have to live under lock and key, because those things are going to be a delicacy for your wildlife. Yes, yes. But the eggs will be a delicacy for me. Yeah, and I but we got to get the ranch under control. And today, in about a half an hour, we have a drywall guy coming. Whoa. Because uh, that was an adventure Mrs. Steve did not want to take on. I guess there, I think we talked about this last week. There, there is a, a, a learned art to being able to tape and mud drywall. So I guess uh, she has hired a guy and... God willing, he will be here and do his job. What and a, I don't even care if he's sober. I just want him to get here and do his job. You expect him to actually show up on, on the day he said he would show up <laughs> at the time he said he would at be the there? time, yes, yes. I mean, that's what people do. They make a commitment and they follow through with it, right? This is exciting. Clearly, this is the first contact you've ever had with a contractor. I can't <laughs> wait to see how this plays out. Eight o'clock sharp. I'm expecting maybe 754, 755 because on time is too late. That's everybody's motto, I'm sure. Well, I mean, you did call me two minutes early, so clearly you are you are practicing what you <laughs> preach. Maybe maybe while he's up there, ask him if he can build you a hog enclosure. A shed and a fence is all you need to get started, and man, you will be in the pig business. Yeah, and... Uh, you weren't a whole lot of help just because you have a different kind of pig on what to feed them. So I still have to do a little research on that. You know, the pig feed. So when I go into tractor supply for my uh, hoity-toity pet li pretend livestock, like there's, 
There's yeah. food for like real livestock and it's it's right next to the to the food for the pretend livestock. And it's just giant bags of pellets as well. Uh, so you can, uh, I, I, and I think it's just the difference is rather than just being like what the pig needs to live, it's like what the pig needs to fatten up. I mean, it's all the things that as a human being you don't necessarily want to eat. But it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of like fat and carbs, uh, you know, put into there. And they, uh, yeah, you just you give it to them and you fatten them up. I don't know what the rate is, but I don't think it takes a whole ton uh, for them to gain weight. But the thing about a pig is they were garbage disposals for human society for thousands of years. Like we give ours, you know, leftover food and stuff all the time. So you can, after you eat the scraps of whatever you got, you know, just toss it out there and that, that can go to the pigs too. I don't know how they feed the pigs on the farm, but, uh, the class we took was gunshot to table. Like they cooked it and we ate it right there too. And uh, I say that I'm not even kidding the gunshot part. Like they even walked us through how to kill the pig and uh, what kind of round to use. And like it, it was uh, soup to nuts. Like if you would like to do this, here is the reality of how you do this. But I know... I think we talked about this a long time ago that I texted the guy and said, hey, one of your pigs is loose next to the highway. Did I tell you that story? No, I didn't hear that story. <laughs> so the, we know the farmer and I have his phone number and one of his pigs was kind of walking along the side of the road. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like that's a lot of money, both invested and to be recouped when they eat the pig. But I... I guess they get out of their enclosure relatively often. I just told you that story to tell you this one, which is I don't know that they're barn fed. I don't know what they eat. But as he was kind of talking people in the class through how to raise the pig, he said, very economical. They eat anything. And so I don't know what that means. They feed the pigs. But I'm guessing that it, you don't have to buy the hoity-toity to make the pigs nice and fat and happy. Yeah, and again, I just say they're big bags of feed. I think they're 15 or 16 bucks for 25 or 50 pounds. So it took me 10 seconds of Googling to find this out for you here. Uh, feeder oh. pig, so it looks like they need uh, five to seven pounds of uh, feed per day uh, to grow. And it says that to get um, feeder pigs will need 600 to 700 pounds of feed per pig to reach 260 pounds of live weight. Raising pigs to be 300 plus pounds of live weight will require an additional 200 pounds or more of feed, increasing the total feed needed per pig to a minimum of 900 pounds. So you'll have to do the math and figure out how much you're really saving here for, for all the effort of, of, of feeding and raising these pigs. Uh, well, it's not just the cost. Like, uh, you and I talked about going in on a cow a while ago. Like, it, it's not just cost, but it's also quality of food and availability of food. Like, if you can make your own food, like, you are far more independent than the average bear. You, you are going full prepper here, aren't you? You moved up to your mountaintop. You built your gate. You're avoiding <laughs> society. Now you're raising your own pigs and chickens. You're hanging out with the, with the Amish who you aren't, who, the ones you haven't offended yet. I mean, you, uh, you've really got your own little civilization going on up there. So what, what specifically is it that you're afraid of? Is it the AI apocalypse or zombies? Is it some disease? Like what, what is your end of the world scenario where you need all your own food? <laughs> It's not even end of the world. It's sort of, you, you kind of grew up this way too. That uh, 
like farmers are responsible for food. Like that's sort of been their role for thousands of years. And I grew up around that. And I think, I, I don't know how much actual food is in a complete serving of a Taco Bell meal, but I'm guessing it's less than 5% of what you're actually eating. So I don't know. I like the idea of uh, being several steps closer to the origin of the food. Like, it tastes different, too. When we were in line waiting for the sausage that was made and cooked up uh, on the pig, the little girl in front of us in line was eating it, and she said to her mother, this doesn't taste like the sausage we get at Walmart. And I thought, yeah, that's true. It's not really better or worse, but it's different, and it's, it's a whole lot less processed tasting. I don't know how else to say it, but that's... Uh, that's kind of how whole milk tastes, and that's how fresh beef tastes, and that's how fresh vegetables taste. Like, it doesn't taste salty and processed. So, I don't know. I plan to live forever, James. My goal <laughs> is to outlive you, at least, so I can spike the football at your funeral. And I'm sure Lola will have me deliver the eulogy. It will be the best of times and the worst of times for James Breakwell. But uh, it's not really a prepper thing that is driving this. It's just sort of a, a fascination and a desire to get back to the land. God, that sounds like a trope and hokey, but it's the truth. Do you uh, do you want to make a eulogy pact? Whichever one of us outlives the other, we get to give a eulogy at the other one's funeral? I will make that pact with you. Absolutely. Let's do it. So the, the problem is it's not enforceable because nobody who will go to our funerals will ever listen to this podcast episode. This agreement <laughs> will be null and void as soon as we stop speaking here. But I think that's delightful because I'm positive I'm going to win this bet. And I'm going to say awful, awful things Please. at your funeral. But the thing is, I'm going to go there. And they won't find it funny because your funeral is going to be only people who like you. It's going to be the complete wrong audience. Oh, James. Wait, you don't know my family, my friend. No, 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 no. Oh, I no, will. There, will, there will be alcohol at the funeral, and it will fuel a lot of stories, most of which are not flattering to me. I will, I will be the representative of your internet life there. The, the <laughs> forgotten, hidden chapter that nobody who knew you in real life even wanted to acknowledge. But I will be there as a mark of shame on your otherwise spotless life. And uh, I, will, I, will bring up, I will bring up highlights from Wrong and Wronger. You know, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of hours that should have got us canceled at every turn. Yet here we were, still, still going simply because nobody took the time to listen and be be outraged just two guys talking to themselves for no reason other than that neither one of them had the initiative to quit it's just sheer strength of will at this point to it get is. me to dial the phone and talk to you but if this if this leads to me giving a eulogy at your funeral it will all be worth it it will also be worth it if i get some sweet <laughs> sweet pictures of you failing as a pig farmer i feel like i i did the long con here just to get to this point to live to live vicariously as a pig farmer through you just to see to see you in there with your your rubber farmer boots shoveling pig poop that'll that'll fill my life with just a little bit of joy i have muck boots i really do so that that's not a stretch but uh, does having two pigs qualify one as a pig farmer? I I mean, 
if you're if you're raising livestock, I would think any number of pigs would qualify you as a farmer if you are farming them to be eaten. Now, I don't think I qualify as a farmer because I'm not eating anything I'm raising. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a stupid pet owner here. I I derive literally no benefit whatsoever from my animals. I simply pamper them and give them a better quality of life than I give myself, and they give me chaos in return. It's it's kind of like raising children. There's just there's just no payoff. But if you end up with something you can eat at the end of it, I feel like you'll be doing it better than me. Even if I think after you crunch the numbers, you're, uh, especially if you value your time, I think you will have invested far more in those pigs than I invest when I go to Walmart and I get my pork loins for buy one, get one free. <laughs> Probably. I tell you what, that at least will have some payoff. These doggone freeloader deadbeat deers that we have hanging around, there's no payoff for them. It's like throwing a money into a big hole at the top of the feeder hill over there. But they are delightful to watch, I have to admit. You bought a you bought a compound bow specifically so you could eat one of your friendly deer over there. Did you <laughs> did you give up on that? Did you go soft? No, well, it's not deer season anymore. I'm I don't the buddy I have who's going to help me thin the herd a little bit next fall, he is a bow hunter, and I'm like, I, I'm far more likely to shoot you in the tree stand with me than one of the deers, and that's not even on purpose. Like, I like this guy. Not like Breakwell <laughs> sitting next to me. But, uh, no, I, I would hunt with a rifle. I've got a pretty good hunting rifle, and I'm pretty accurate with it. But, yeah, we, we made a mistake not thinning the herd a little this year. There are way too many does, and they're all pregnant, so it's only going to get worse. What's the what's the tag limit down there? How many can you take in a season? Have I not told you this? Because it's stupidly high. Really? You you can you can take three a day. Three a day? A yeah. day? Don't you get like a yeah. hundred or a hundred and forty pounds of meat per deer, roughly? No, nah, it's about sixty, I think. Sixty. I don't I don't know that you're gonna so like three a day for like how how long is deer season? <laughs> it's about it's a little over a month. You could get 90. You could get. I, I don't know that you need to raise pigs. You could just go out and take the does. I don't. I mean, how dumb are they? Are they going to keep coming back as you shoot them down one by one on the hilltop? You know, the funny thing is, you, you have to dress the deer pretty quickly after you kill it. So it's usually. That's why they call it field dress. You do it like mm -hmm. where the deer falls, yeah. basically. And uh, I've just. I'm so inexperienced at this. That's why my buddy's going to come and help me in the fall. But uh, somebody asked one of the forums, well, if I gut the deer there, is that like, are the other deers going to be like, oh, abandon all hope, ye who enter here? But uh, the answer was, no, doesn't matter. The, the other deer will still follow their paths. Like, they don't care. <laughs> if you gut one of their allies right there, they'll just keep coming and uh, doing their thing. I, so. Yeah, and that and that right there is why deer will never take over the earth. I gotta say <laughs> that if I saw one of my fellow humans gutted on a hilltop, I would yeah. probably not walk on that hilltop anymore. I'd be like, you know what? This is this is a bad place to go for a stroll. Maybe I'll go someplace else that's not covered in blood and entrails. But I guess I guess I'm just a bit more more squeamish, a bit more conscious of consequences than a deer, and that that is what it is. It's the same reason I'm I'm kind of shocked that deer have never 
evolved to avoid cars, you would think eventually we would run over all the stupid ones and the smart ones yeah. would be better at avoiding cars. But the problem is <laughs> they just they reproduce so fast that they can pump out three or four offspring before their stupidity gets them killed. So we're not we're not selecting for the right instincts. We got to I guess we got to hit them faster before they reproduce. And then and then we'll finally point their bloodline in the right direction. Man, they start reproducing young, like uh, last year's fawns are already getting knocked up this year. Like it's, they're, they're a successful species for a very specific reason. Well, I mean, it helps that we killed all their predators. I mean, you've got coyotes up there, but I think they can only take down the sick and the young. I don't think a coyote can take down a full, uh, fully grown deer, even even a doe. So. We messed up the food chain. Uh, maybe you need to you need to breed some rattlesnakes, get them going again, and they can help you get things under control. Somebody told me that pigs will help control the rattlesnakes. Also, is that true? I can't imagine what mechanism there would be unless they're not going to be like roaming the estate. I mean, will there be rattlesnakes in the pig pen? Probably not, but. These aren't going to be free-range pigs, are they? Or are you going to set fence in the entire property and just let them wander and root around? Well, the entire property is fenced, but uh, you, you could lose a pig for weeks in our <laughs> property. Like, so they would be they would be hemmed in a little bit better than that. Do you uh, do you have any uh, any acorn trees up there? Pigs love acorns, and you're not supposed to give them to like pet pigs because acorns fatten them up too fast. Like you could have like holistic free range pigs up there if you got some useless acorns falling on the ground. Yeah, I don't know if we do have acorns. I haven't. I don't think I've seen any. You have what kind of trees make acorns? Oak, Is that an oak tree? Yeah, an oak tree. You have every kind of garbage tree up there imaginable and no acorns. Man, you have uh you've got all the wrong things in all the wrong places, including yourself. But that's why that's why I enjoy, enjoy doing these broadcasts, so I can just hear <laughs> how you have sub-optimized your life to be inefficient in every area. <laughs> and it just fills my heart with joy, and I will bring up all of this in the eulogy I give at your funeral. Well, we have to eulogize this episode for the time being, James. And so as we gather here to depart faithfully this podcast of Wrong and Wronger, unfortunately, like Lazarus, we will be resurrected next week. (laughs) And uh, ah, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and I'll be at a pulpit with a little (laughs) three-by-five note card regaling James Breakwell's family and friends with all the stories that they wish they knew but never listened to the podcast. And until we meet again, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, future pig farmer of America for James the Exploding Unicorn, owner of Two Pigs, Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, don't be a pig in the wrong part of the woods because the last thing you're going to hear is a gunshot saying two wrongs can't make a right. Right.